All right, welcome again to the podcast. Today I'm going to be talking and walking around uh, my studio a little bit because I've got a problem. The problem is I made a video on YouTube and I gave the negative points about the Viltrox uh, for Canon. It's basically a focal reducer, otherwise known as a speed booster, and it's a lot less expensive than the Metabones. So why is this a problem? Well, as I've been going through all of my kit plans and I've been trying to come up with recommendations that uh, work, I still really like the Nikon version of this Viltrox focal reducer speed booster um, item because of the lenses that are available for Nikon mount. And when I'm talking about the lenses that are available, I'm talking, of course, in the budget realm, because this is what my whole focus is. So if it's not affordable, pretty much I'm not going there. So you may have listened to some of the recent podcasts where I talk about budget being a uh, a realm or sphere that I'm going to remain inside of. So that concept of limiting myself to only budget gear is, you know... You might think, well, isn't that going to limit you from growing and from becoming a better filmmaker in the long run? Well, if my goal was to just be a star, you know, to be the best filmmaker that I could be so I can win awards as a filmmaker, so I can, you know, become better, you know, competitively than anyone else I possibly could, or, you know, obviously I'm not going to be the best. And... Uh, well, let me just say, if that statement, I'm not going to be the best, sort of strikes you, uh, rubs you wrong, and strikes you in a way that's like, well, this guy's this guy's a fake. This guy just doesn't know what he's doing. Whatever this guy is, he's got the wrong concept. Well, I feel like I'm just being realistic. And, and, and let me just tell you what my goal is. If my goal is not to be the best filmmaker... You say, well, everyone should shoot for that because then you'll be the best you can be. Well, I'm totally for that. I, I totally agree with that concept, being the best that you can be. However, when it comes to competing with others and trying to be better than others and putting others down and, and, and the whole realm of competition in that sense, I'm not signing up for that. That is, I don't want to go there. So if you know my website, website is uh, silverlightphotoco.com. You know, it's mostly about um, taking lenses that are affordable and creating a custom camera setting and LUT combination for each one of those. And it's just amazing what that can do. It's just, it, I've, um, I'm going to make a podcast about this when I do, hopefully, um, a video podcast, which is going to be coming soon on the Anchor and Spotify platforms, you're going to see something new coming pretty soon, um, if it's not even out already, where podcast has the option of being a video now. And that's just another story, but just it's coming and it might be already here. But we're going to talk about my background of coming through the imaging realm, starting starting with uh, still photography, then migrating to video production. And my path of dealing with a lot of lenses. I mean, I've had, I don't know, 50 to 100 different lenses. Uh, 50 
if you want to be conservative, just say 50 good lenses that I've come, you know, used, tested, and all that. And then if you add all the other lenses on top of that, so close to 100. But what I used to do, and this is a, just a teaser for this next episode, and I'm going to get back to talking about the Viltrox EFM2 Mark II uh, focal reducer and about the video I produced on YouTube and how I need to make a sequel. But let's just quickly round this concept off with my background in testing lenses has, it's, it's very hard to look back on how I used to do things. I used to test a lens with a specific camera body, yes, but I used to sell the lens if it was too sharp or too contrasty for what I considered a film-like image. So if you know uh, the Panasonic GX85 and the G85 and the cameras that are newer that don't have the low-pass filter, you know that contrast is sometimes the enemy. And sharpness actually can be a little bit of an enemy too when it reveals the pixel structure. So that's just sort of a teaser about my background. Well, the change came when I started adjusting the camera settings specific to each lens. All right, that's what that's what happened. That's that's how I got started on the lens sensor LUTs. And so my website is mostly about that right now. But my overall goal is to create a method that budget filmmakers can can run with. And so this is hopefully going to expand beyond just imaging, which is the capture of, you know, what the lens sensor combination produces. And then I'm hoping to expand to audio. And I know that audio is a um, very important area. And some say it's, you know, just as important as the video. I, I, there's no reason to argue one way or another for that, but just think about this. The the video aspect came first, and then the audio aspect came, you know, just think singing in the rain and the talkies and the whole concept that audio had to be figured out as well. So that's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm really heavy into developing the method for capturing the image, but I'm working on a similar mentality, um, with a similar mentality, I'm working on a concept to make it easy to get good quality in the audio area. And you might say, well, just turn on the audio recorder and and get the gain right and you're, you're done. Well, little little question I have for you that I put in an earlier episode was, should I make something sort of like LUTs for audio, which would be a, a specific to a mic and audio recorder combination? Okay, let's not go too far down down on this road, but that's another episode. I started the question of LUTs for audio. Okay, just an idea. So now let's get back to the main topic, which is the Viltrox Focal Reducer. Now, if you've tried to get going in budget filmmaking, and if you're using a Micro Four Thirds system from Panasonic, maybe Olympus otherwise known as OM system now right if you've if you've kept up with the news on that you know that their 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 concept is that 
OM system is the new name. So Canon, Nikon, Fuji, Sony, all those companies that have gone full frame, I don't see those as being budget yet. I mean, I understand that the I'm just watching the Sony A series, the sorry, the A6500, the A6600, the A6400, those mid-range cameras. I'm watching those prices, and they're not quite into that realm yet. They're really close. I've seen them on the used market for around 650. 650 is is real close to my goal of no camera can be more than 600 dollars US on the used market. So they're getting close. But until they do, I'm still limiting myself to uh, the $600 or less um, camera price. And that puts me into micro four thirds. So what is the number one thing you can do to make micro four thirds work? Well, historically, it has been to get a focal reducer or otherwise known as a speed booster. So a speed booster, if you think about this, um, it's kind of like the opposite of a teleconverter. You remember those teleconverters that you would get and you would, most of the time it would be a, a 2X teleconverter. You would put it between your lens and your camera and it would make the telephoto lens be even more of a telephoto lens. So, and we always talked about don't use it if you don't have to and if you can buy a 1.4 teleconverter instead of a 2x because you lose less light so a 2x teleconverter did you know it actually takes out two stops of light so if you're in the outdoor situations of bright sunlight that's not a problem and that's really what it's designed for however if you buy a 1.4 teleconverter that only takes out one stop of light and that's what's amazing about it. So that 1.4 plus, let's say, a 70 to 200, or if you've got a lot of sun, you can even take a you know a 5.6 aperture lens, put it on the 1.4 teleconverter, and get some more distance on, on that, on the reach of the telephoto. So what is a focal reducer or a speed booster? It's kind of the opposite, optically, I don't know exactly if it's opposite, but it's it's opposite in concept of a teleconverter. Instead of making the image uh, cropped in tighter, it does the opposite. It takes that and spreads it out to a smaller image area. So what I mean by spreading it out is it takes um, a full-frame lens and it increases, uh, I should say it decreases, it's a focal reducer, it decreases the image circle, therefore targets a smaller sensor. So when you're decreasing the image circle, you have all this extra light that from the diameter of the lens, everything like that designed for full frame, it creates an extra stop of light. So why this is so important for micro four-thirds is that the sensors have been... Um, struggling in low light up until recently because of the size of the sensor. So the pixel resolution and the technology behind, you know, capturing the light, everything like that was sort of insufficient for the size of micro four thirds for quite some time. However, the the high ISO performance has improved and I think you can get around with, um, I mean, you can get away with about 800 ISO 
on a Panasonic GX85 and also the G85 and do quite well. But in the circumstances when you need more light, a focal reducer or speed booster is really helpful. But it's also helpful because it's going to increase, um, well, it's going to it's going to decrease the focal length equivalent of that lens, and it's always indicated by you know like most of the focal reducers at the start of the whole thing when Metabones first started was 0.71. They later came out with a 0.64 multiplier, and so essentially, let's just say talk about the 0.71 for a second. If you put a 50 millimeter on a focal reducer that's a 0.71 reduction, it becomes a 35.5. Now, when you're talking micro four thirds, one of the hardest things to find is a good wide angle lens. So this can help a lot in the area of, uh, of wide angle. It's really where a focal reducer is good as far as... Um, as far as the millimeters of your of your lens focal length, that's that's really a benefit with wide angle. Now, take the other end of this though, and a focal reducer. You know, of course, the first reason is to increase the amount of light, and then this that was the second reason to make it wider angle. However, when you're using a telephoto, it's not always a good thing to have a focal reducer. So. If you're outdoors, for example, I was outdoors a couple of days ago and there was a bald eagle on a tree high up and I could see it and I had a 70 to 300 on a focal reducer of 0.71. I could not get a tight crop of the eagle, needless to say, at the top of one of those, you know, bare trees. That was a little bit disheartening and so my first thought was, well, I need a bigger lens, and that's true. Um, but also, what came to my mind was this 0.71 focal reduction that I was on a um, a Viltrox Nikon mount uh, focal reducer of 0.71. It was reducing the focal length, so it was taking away some of that telephoto. So that's one thing to consider when we talk about focal reducers. It's not all positive. There's a negative side when you're outdoors and you have enough light, you don't really need that extra stop of light. That's when the focal reducer is a negative. But let me throw one more positive thing on the table here before I go into that negative. There's another positive thing about a focal reducer that for micro four thirds that I really, really love this concept and I want to tell everybody about this. And that is, it protects your sensor. So, when you take the lens off, um, you you expose the sensor, right, normally. But when you have a focal reducer, you always have that piece of glass, that optic, between your lens and the sensor. So you can get, you know, take your uh, camera in to get it cleaned, and I would recommend that uh, for just if you want to be really careful with the sensor. Uh, there are ways to clean it, but uh, if you have the money, go to a, a local camera store and get that sensor clean. As soon as you get it cleaned, put a focal reducer on there. So once you do, you'll never be taking off the lens and exposing the sensor. You'll simply be just exposing the front element of the focal reducer, which is a lot easier to replace if you had to, or, or to clean it especially. But you do not want dust on 
your sensor. So I learned this the hard way, and because I've been testing so many lenses and taking lenses off almost daily, and, and it's been, it's like, I don't know, they, what's that name of the game? They call it musical chairs, the, the concept of, you know, getting up and moving, getting up, you're moving all the time. I was changing lenses so often that I got dust in a number of my cameras, and the only one that didn't have it was the one that I always left a focal reducer on, or most of the time left a focal reducer on. And so I learned this lesson that if you want to uh, eliminate some of the need to be super careful as you're changing lenses, having a focal reducer on your lens at all times, I'm sorry, on your camera body at all times, is really, really helpful. Because you can change lenses and never expose the sensor to dust. So that's just big recommendation here. If you have a focal reducer and you can afford to just leave it on there, um, most people could just do that. I The only reason I've been taking them off is because of all the ch changes. I have to change lenses and test them on every single camera. So I'll have one lens and it just goes through the testing process on every single camera I have. And remember, the only reason I have a lot of cameras, and, and they're not expensive cameras, but the only reason I have the GH4 and the Panasonic G7 and the GX85 and the G85 all at the same time is because I'm making lens sensor specific LUTs and I'm publishing those results on my website so other people can see that with this lens and this camera, here are the settings to use and here's a LUT to do the final tweaks. So that's why I have four cameras right now. I might even get, uh, I'm planning when the G9 and the GH5 come down in price, I'm planning to add those to my testing uh, regimen, but I don't have those right now. So anyway, I'm not saying you should have four cameras, but at least two. Check out my blog post about that. And the first video I ever posted on YouTube was about the need for two cameras. And even if that's just a GoPro on top of your hot shoe of your camera, always shoot with two cameras is what I, the number one thing I tell people. So let's talk about that negative point regarding telephoto use about focal reducers before I get into the specific story about that Viltrox uh, for Canon. As I mentioned, when you're outdoors, you want as much telephoto reach as you can get sometimes. And that's when having just a straight adapter is, is a benefit. Because you can have a 70 to 300 on micro four thirds, it becomes a really good telephoto, especially because it's got a two times crop factor. So your 300 looks like the crop of a 600 millimeter. Now, optically, it's different, so it's not going to have the same look, but it's going to be the same cropping. So let's talk about... Okay, so what do you do, though? Just real quick, what do you do in that telephoto situation? Well, I just finished saying that if you don't have to take off your focal reducer, don't. But if you really need that extra telephoto in an outdoor situation and you don't have the money or you, don't, you can't get a bigger lens, then yes, take off your focal reducer, get a straight adapter, and mount that lens directly onto the camera. Be careful when you take off that lens because of exposing your sensor. And the rule to follow is typically keep your camera pointing down so the sensor is facing downward. 
The reason is, of course, if you're in a windy environment, dust could blow upward, but generally speaking, dust is just falling down most of the time. You know, you turn on a light in a room where there's a black background, you can see all the dust, and it, it just follows gravity. It just goes down. So if you take off your lens, turn your camera upside down first, take the lens off, and keep your camera, when the sensor's exposed, keep it facing down and try not to turn it over. Uh, you see all these pictures of people trying to sell their cameras and trying to showcase the sensor. It's like, whoa, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, if, it's it's funny because when people sell their camera, I don't know why they do it, but they try to make the camera look really neat and they take off the lens and they set the camera down and they're taking pictures. You know, they might have that lens off the camera and the sensor exposed for five or 10 minutes. And to me, that says, if I want a clean sensor, I'm not buying that camera. So that's just a side note. If you are trying to sell a camera or you're trying to buy a camera, if they don't have the lens on the camera and they're just showing the sensor, it's probably got dust in it. So that's going to cost you an extra $50 to $70, however much you get that uh, the cleaning at your local shop. It's going to cost you some money. So anyway, let's talk now about the Viltrox EF-M2 Mark II. So, remember, the EF-M2, without the Mark II at the end, is not the one you want if you're on micro four-thirds. That's the one that is used for the Canon. So, that is the Canon uh, mirrorless, the M series. So, don't buy the Viltrox Canon mount if it doesn't have the Mark II at the end. So, like two eyes or two, you know, it's got to be the Mark II. That's the one for Micro Four Thirds. And it should say in the description somewhere that it's for Micro Four Thirds. But so I originally bought this adapter and I bought it. Hold on. So now let's talk about that that uh, dilemma I have right now concerning this adapter. So I made a video on YouTube, as I mentioned and I talked about some of the negative points. And just really quickly, those negative points, they're on my video. But to save you time, I'll just say the first thing is you cannot mount Canon EFS lenses. That is the crop sensor lenses from Canon brand. Now, any other brand, Tokina, Tamron, they usually make the EF mount or they put the EF mount even on their crop sensor lenses. So you can still use those on this adapter. And that's really why I thought you could use the Canon EFS lenses and then I found out you couldn't. I was a little disappointed. You might wonder, why would you be disappointed if you could still use all the EF mount? Well, because there are some inexpensive um, lenses that I would like to test and then recommend, but you really can't. Um, like the 18-55 to from Canon, it's a fairly good lens, but you can't use it on this adapter because it doesn't take the EFS mount. Don't even try it because it'll damage the lens. It, it, uh, I'm sorry, it'll damage the optics on the adapter. Don't try it. And the lens itself too. So then that limits us to Canon EF stuff. And if we're talking affordable, which I always am talking affordable um, budget, you've got the Canon 51.8. That's a really good deal. That's probably the first thing you would buy if you if you had this uh, Viltrox Canon to Micro Four Thirds speed booster. 
Then the one that I've tried and I really like is the Canon. It's a vintage Canon 70 to 300. It's autofocus, not super vintage, but Canon 70 to 300. And there are two or three versions. I, I believe there's there are at least three versions. And this is a full frame um, telephoto kit lens. And like I said in my video, it's from the 1990s. So they're very affordable and they're people don't really like them that much and so they get rid of them because they're loud the autofocus is loud and the um you know they just feel like a toy they're just kind of lightweight but optically they're okay and with this focal reducer in combination with the um panasonic gx85 and cameras like that it is a pretty good tool and i do recommend it and that was a positive thing i said in that video about this adapter but a couple of the other negatives were, if I were to only have one focal reducer and I was on a budget, I would, I would still have to say I would buy the Nikon. The reason is the first lens that I recommend for budget filmmakers is the Nikon 51.8D. So that's the AFD version. So the AFD refers to the it's actually the first generation, but the second iteration of the Nikon 50, 1.8. So that is such an affordable lens, but yet optically is so good that a lot of people still talk about it um, as one of the best optics. And I'm not saying it's it's pristine optically or perfect, but it's really good. And so um, I, saw, I saw some sort of a survey a few years back asking people what was their favorite lens in the world. And they did. this is supposedly a worldwide survey they did. And the number one favorite lens was the Nikon, this Nikon, the 51.8D. The second was the Canon 70-200 2.8L. So those two are very, very popular and, and uh, respected. So that's why I prefer to get the Nikon mount. Now, at the time I made the video, I was trying to not do too many workarounds. I was trying to not, you know, think outside of the box. And even though I normally do, I was trying to make it easy for the users. So I was trying, you know, I was really trying. <laughs> I was trying to be helpful. And yet there's been so much um, interest in this Canon to Micro Four Thirds focal reducer, speed booster from Viltrox that... I feel like I kind of need to give my workarounds now. I, 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 I hope to do a new video about it, but I'm just going to give this as a, a prelude to this video, and I'm going to give you my tricks for working with this Viltrox adapter. Starting with, one of the complaints I had was that because it was an autofocus adapter and because, you know, like the Canon 51.8, it doesn't have a really good manual focus feel. In fact, it's just a really thin uh, cylinder on the end where you're trying to do manual focus. It's not made for focus pulling. And so I much prefer the Nikon, uh, even the Series E 50mm 1.8, and then the, even the newer series, the G series, that is better for manually focusing. It's got a larger focus ring. So... I didn't like the Canon feel when in manual focus. And while you can use the touchscreen to control the autofocus, and if you're on Panasonic, make sure you're on single shot, not on continuous, because that'll 
not be very uh, predictable. But I just didn't like the manual focus feel. And so I felt like, you know, if I'm going to point people toward one or the other, I would get the Nikon one, buy a Nikon 51.8, either a Series E or that D1, or even if you can buy the, the newest one, which is the G. Not the Z series, that's different mount. But the, the Nikon 51.8G, that's a great uh, lens for focus pulling manually. And it's not perfect, but it's, it's a lot better than what I'm talking about, the Canon. So that was, the manual focus aspect was a big thing for me. And so I just pretty much said, I don't like the Canon version of the Viltrox adapter because it doesn't have very good manual focus options. So then I found an idea from Joe for video. He's on YouTube. Check him out. Joe for video. Um, it's the word for, not the not the number four. So Joe for F O R and then video. He gave a little hint that I just thought, wow, what a great idea. And here's what he did. Oh, oh, and Spencer Whiteman also. Spencer Whiteman did the same thing. And let me tell you, um, it's not the exact same thing, but let me tell you what it is so you know what I'm talking about. Spencer Whiteman took a Nikon lens, an old 51.4 AIS, and he got a Nikon to Canon EOS adapter. And there's the solution for my manual focus feel. There it is, right there. And the, the adapter is fairly inexpensive, 20 to $30, depending on which brand you buy. And you put that on the Nikon lens, and the Nikon lens now mounts on the Canon mount focal reducer speed booster. So, to me, that solves 90% of my complaints that I had with it. Because I never have to worry. Okay, and another one of the problems with the Viltrox um, EFM2 Mark II for Micro Four Thirds is that if you're in man, or sorry, if you if you turn your camera on while your switch on your lens is set to autofocus. You can't really switch very well while the camera's still on, so it gets stuck, sort of. And so to switch to manual focus, you have to turn the camera off, then switch it from autofocus to manual focus and switch on the lens, and then you can do manual focus, and that was creating problems for me. I just, it was not a good workflow. And so that's another reason. I didn't say that in the video, but that's another reason. Well, if you put the Nikon on a, an adapter and you put the Nikon lens on the Canon focal reducer, you got everything I wanted, pretty much. But yet you can go back to using autofocus when you want to, right? And that just makes me kind of feel like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said so many things negative about the Viltrox for Canon uh, adapter. However, if you're not going to do this little hacky trick to put the Nikon adapter, Nikon to Canon adapter on a Nikon lens, I still wouldn't want you to be stuck with the, that problem of the autofocus not turning off. Now, even if you do the switch on the back of the Panasonic camera, like on the G85 or the G7 or the GH4, it still would have that problem if you didn't switch it on the lens. So that's why I didn't like it on the Viltrox uh, for Canon version with the Canon lens. So with that problem out of the way, oh, oh, now let me tell you what Joe for video did. So Joe for video did the same thing, but he did it with an Olympus lens, the old 51.8 OM system, the manual focus lens. 
he put that on a uh, Olympus OM2 Canon EOS adapter, and same concept. Now, I like that lens even better. And the reason is, well, not not just because it was the first lens I ever adapted to Micro Four Thirds, and it's a great lens, excellent optically, and pretty inexpensive, and still uh, lots of them available. But it's got the aperture control on the front of the lens. I just really liked that. Oh, and the reason why that's important is because the Canon Viltrox focal reducer has no manual aperture control. So, and this is why it's a little more complicated if you're going to do the Nikon to Canon EOS adapter compared to the Olympus OM to Canon EOS adapter. And why I like it so much is because the Olympus has, again, that aperture control, manual aperture control on the front of the lens. But the reason why not all Nikon lenses work to do this is because anything newer than the Nikon AFD um, for the 50 millimeter, that is, doesn't have that manual aperture control. So if you take the newer one, I mentioned the Nikon 51.8G, which has no aperture control, that's that's a click stop, you can't control the aperture if you adapt it to the Canon uh, EOS mount. So that's the problem with that. However, if you get an older one, like a, you know, AI, AIS, or the AF or AFD, that still has the clickable aperture control. But, so there's why I prefer the Olympus over the Nikon, as just as a recommendation. Also, the Olympus, I think, is a little cheaper, or less expensive. So, and optically, there's a lot of differences between the Nikon and the Olympus. I do like the Olympus in certain ways. The Nikon is good in other ways, but either one is a good good way to go. So, that is the major workaround that I discovered that makes me uh, it, it's just it's put me down the road again of considering recommending this Viltrox EF M2 Mark II Canon to Micro Four Thirds focal reducer. And the reason I mention this is because I just bought that Viltrox focal reducer again. So I will start testing and hopefully create a new video with updated recommendations and check out my old video if you want to see where I'm starting from. But with this little um, Nikon or Olympus lens to Canon EOS method, I feel like I've got everything that I need out of this adapter, meaning I can manual focus when I need to. Check out that video on YouTube. Um, I think it's called Why Would I Buy <laughs> or, or, or Why Should I Buy the Viltrox EFM2 Mark II or something like that. So I'm looking forward to doing more testing and updating my recommendations concerning the Viltrox focal reducer. Thank you again for spending your time to listen to this. I hope you got something valuable out of it. Uh, maybe just the knowledge that you can get that adapter to go from a Nikon or an Olympus to a Canon mount. Just such a valuable piece of information if you want a good manual focus feel. So remember to check out my website, silverlightphotoco.com, and I'll be putting out my tests and recommendations for each of these lenses as I finish the tests, um, hopefully on this Olympus and, of course, on the Nikon. But look forward to creating images on a budget. Thank you, and have a great day.